Hey everybody, welcome back to the Stuck in the Middle podcast. My name is Zach and this is my long-awaited first ever interview. Today I will be interviewing Shakira Nanabai. Shakira, welcome. Thank you so much for doing this. How are you? Pleasure, Zach. Always a pleasure for you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, uh, we'll start off by saying, um, well, can you please tell the listeners who you are and a little bit about your family history? Okay, so my name's Shakira. Um, my parents are both late. Um, my dad's name was Kimal Nanabai. Okay. Um, so my dad came from a typical Indian Colvard family. Um, and then my mom came from what you would call a Malay family. Um, so yeah, so that was the dynamic between my parents and if you can imagine so many years ago that was incredibly difficult yeah. because in those in those days, especially if you came from an Indian family, you married an Indian girl and yes, yeah. you know the, the caste system was very important and that type of thing. So my dad took a lot of flack um, from his parents because they weren't accepting of my mother um, because she was Malay um, so it was always seen as less than. Um, you know, the person wasn't Muslim enough. Um, so it was, it was a big challenge for my father. Um, but, you know, he was such a strong person and such a kind human being. And, and he loved my mother so, so much. And so he did. He married her and, um, you know, they built a life together. Um, you know, despite, you know, his family being being against the whole idea. Mm. So that's a little bit of a background into um, my parents. Did your, did your, did your dad's family eventually accept it? Or? You know, I think, I don't, I think towards the end, I think they did. Yeah. Um, but it was so late and, you know, it meant that, you know, as kids, myself and my brothers never really had a relationship with, um, our cousins and our aunts and our uncles and our grandparents from that side because you know my dad was always having to stand up for my mother or you know they would go for meals and we'd, we'd hear these horrible stories or my dad would get up and go wash his hands and then they would say ugly things to her or um so so it was very hard um you know i came much later so there's a big age gap between myself and my brothers okay but just hearing those stories and you know not always having having that family connection to my dad because he just wasn't willing to put up with it um so yeah i hope that answers yeah i mean was your if you don't mind me asking was your your mom's side or they more they were fine or they were actually they were amazing so it's funny enough my, my you know my dad being from an indian culvert home he actually didn't come from a very religious home whereas my mother came from a very pious home um, a very humble home so yeah, yeah very muslim family. home but very humble very poor but very welcoming and my dad remembered actually going to visit my mom's parents in Mafeking where she was and my grandfather was so well learned like yeah. he was such a well learned person um, Islamically he was super well learned I mean he, he passed away on 27th night oh. um, so you have an idea of you know um, mm. Islam and so, so, so falling you know passing away in such an auspicious night and you know, it was just so incredible and they yeah. were just so kind and they didn't have a lot. But my granny, I mean, I always remember my dad saying he woke up on a Sunday morning and she had fresh cook sisters ready <laughs> for him. Yeah. And, and, and I think that meeting with those people, with, with, with my mom's family really kind of changed my dad's outlook on life and what it, and what being a good Muslim was and what being a good person was. Cause my dad wasn't necessarily the most religious guy. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, my dad was the kind of guy that would go for Friday prayers, but yeah. he wouldn't read his five times namaz, he'd fast. Um, we never kind of had alcohol at home, but you know, he wasn't this very, very strict person. But when it came to qualities, um, you know, my dad was just such an incredible person. Mm. Um, That's great. Thank so, you. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned earlier about you and your brother growing up. It's just you two. No, so I've got three brothers. Oh, um, wow. Okay. I've got three brothers. So one is, unfortunately, he passed away like six months ago. Oh, yeah. That's quite recent. Yeah, it was quite recent. Um, and then I've got two other brothers. I've got one that lives in the Netherlands. And one that lives in um, Johannesburg. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned them. Can you recount some experiences that you may think are unique about growing up in a mixed race world? Like it can be well, about school. You know, work. Speaking about mixed, it's difficult because yeah. it's, it's even hard to say. You, because as soon as you say mixed race, people also assume then that you must have come from a coloured family. Mm. But then that requires that you then Christian. <laughs> so then you don't want to say. Oh yeah, I'm that, but mm. then you don't want to say, well, I'm Indian because, you yeah. know, then you're denying your, your mother's side of the I mean, family. Yeah, exactly. So it's really, really hard. So, you know, I would just say, well, I come from a Muslim family, my dad's Indian, my mom's Malay, and that's it. And mm. that's who I am. And people could like it or not. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, quality, I think experiences I remember with my brothers, um, I think difficult experiences I think I remember you know I think with my eldest brother because he still grew up in that generation where it was where marrying was still oh, yeah, was still quite tricky tension there. was still tension yeah. so I think you know when he met girls Indian girls that he necessarily wanted you know there was a particular girl that he wanted to marry and so my, when my family went to propose the answer was no mm. and you know so so you know the that kind of you know the experience with my parents definitely spilled over into into my brothers you know yeah um not so much you more them not so much me because i think i came sort of from the generation where non-white children um were starting to go to model c schools yeah yeah so we were like the first generation of where things were becoming slowly more acceptable and mm. then by the time i you know i you know i was dating or you know like looking to meet someone and whatever um, things that slowly began to evolve, you know, so when I had met my husband, um, you know, his family were just like, oh, they just wanted to know, was she married before? But they weren't, you <laughs> yeah. know, it, it was just that, um, that I did come from a Muslim mm. home and, and that kind of thing. And that I was a good person, etc., etc. But they, they weren't, they weren't interested that my parents, my yeah. dad was Indian Malay. So, so my experiences were a bit different. Yeah. So the race focus disappeared at that point. Yeah. I mean, kind I mean, my, my mother's, my mother's experience was very difficult. Mm. Um, I mean, her experience, you know, now that I look back later in my life, um, I mean, she had it hard, right? Mm. Uh, my mother was the kind of woman, she, you know, because of the tension and because of what happened, she almost looked for perfection in her life. Mm. So my mother was the woman that would blow her, blow dry her hair uh, twice a week because having curly hair was unacceptable. Yeah. It was seen as less than, right? Um, for me now, oh, I sometimes love wearing my hair curly, mm. right? It's really I love cool. Curly hair. <laughs> So, so things like that, um, learning to cook, um, you know, because Indian women cooked very well. Yeah. My mother typically cooked in, in, in what was deemed good cooking. Um, but it's amazing how she kind of took that on and, you know, in line with the negative, she also met some amazing Indian women. Mm. So in the communities where my parents lived, in Bononi and in Azadville, she met some really nice women who taught her. Mm. 
and who you know she learned from and that type of thing um but yeah it was hard i mean it was hard to raise her boys it was hard um we also grew up in that that apartheid era well yeah, my brothers did so yeah. so that was that was the challenge mm. but there were benefits as well. yes actually that's what <laughs> i was going to ask because i feel like so far in my podcast i've really hit hard on the mixed race idea being yeah. negative but let me ask some positive experiences for you specifically like something that boosts you for being mixed race. Um, i think I, I think you know i think just the experience of my dad and just how much he stood up for what he believed in in life mm. has taught me so much um it's just been it's just been such an incredible experience to to have my dad i mean we had such a special relationship when i see you and your mom <laughs> it reminds me so much of me and my dad because we've mm. gone holiday together and we had this like we had mm. such an we had such an f- amazing father-daughter mm. relationship and at the end it was actually such a cool friendship yeah um like so 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 yeah so that I, I i definitely think it's given me a good perspective into what being not a good Muslim is, but what a good person is, yeah. and to stand up for what you believe in. Mm. Um, so yeah, so definitely, I, I think that was definitely one of one of the one of the things that stood out for me, and also, I mean, the positive impact my dad then made on my mother's side of the mm. family, because my dad, you know, once once him and my mom had established themselves, my dad did very well, and then he was able to help my mom's side mm. of the family, and. I mean, up till today, when I see my cousins, it's the first thing they always tell me is, you know, your dad was incredible, your, your parents were incredible, and it was Eid, they, they made sure we had clothes, they made sure we did all these different things. So, you know, in hindsight, if my dad hadn't chosen that path, um, you know, maybe these children would have had that yeah. opportunity. Um, so yeah, and I, I think also just learning the humbleness. I think I wouldn't have had the opportunity to to experience humbleness um, through my mother's side of the family because you know when I was little, maybe five or six, we would go to Mafeking King, and it was it was like really poor, right? Like good. You, I mean, we went to a wealthy family, but when you go there, it's like next level poor, right? Mm. So um, and just seeing their warmth and their kindness, and I think that's definitely qualities and values I've now taken into my adulthood. I mean, you say your your father comes from an Indian family. Yeah? That's and correct. And your mother from a Malaysian family. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the Muslim is still both there on that side. They yes. Both, but their cultures are different. How do you navigate those different cultures? So, you know, it's... it's I mean, like, in my mother's side of the family, you'd go for something called a khadat. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. like, we'd always go for khadat, and you'd, um, you know, you'd be part of that, whereas the Indian dynamic was quite different, different you know. Yeah, it was different. a little bit more formal, and you kind of, you know, didn't do that kind mm. of thing. And so, yeah, so it was the best of, it, you know, in a way, you, you learn from both, yeah. right? You yeah. experience both types of cuisine almost mm. because you know Malay people cook quite differently to yep, yeah. the way Indian people <laughs> cook um, so yeah so those those were all interesting experiences yeah so you enjoyed navigating it wasn't like absolutely, a burden absolutely I think you know I think later in my life you know it changed and I mean I got to know my dad's sister who was the last to pass um, mm. but I got to know her and understand her and that kind of thing so that was that was really cool that mm. was cool I mean when I think about my dad's side and my mom's side, I always believe I'm slightly closer to my mom's side. You know, I live with her 
my dad passed away. I'm not really connected with that side. So I'd always say I'm closer to my mom's side. And as you said, I think we have a good friendship, yes. me and my mom. And you spoke about your friendship with your dad. Would you say you feel closer to your dad's side? I mean, that's quite a personal question. Is there any well, side you feel closer I was to? Always, I was always closer to my dad from the time I was little. Mm. So, so we just had this connection, this bond. I don't know if it because I was, was the only girl. <laughs> But we just had this really cool um, father-daughter vibe. Mm. And so I think earlier on in my childhood, because my mother was very present and because we didn't really have a connection with my dad's side of the family because of their disapproval of my yeah. mother, I naturally was closer to my mother's side of the family and the cousins, etc. because, you know, we were just, they, they liked us, they liked mm. being with us. But then when my mother passed, you know, that whole idea of going for Khadat and that just became a bit much. And yeah. by that time I was kind of in my teens. And so I didn't really have a connection with both. Mm. It was pretty much, you know, similar to you and your mom, you yeah. know. You know, people didn't really worry about us anymore, yeah. you know. It was like, well, you know, and so it was pretty much my dad and myself and my brother at the time of the past. We, we lived together. Mm. And then my two other brothers had kind of had their you know they would they moved out and mm. that kind of thing but we were more, more units of three mm. yeah yeah like that. yeah um obviously you said you were the, the kind of like last one so there was the tension was kind of kind of gone not really but sort of yeah definitely do you were you ever like pressed to be with one side of your family maybe at school or no, not really. Um, I mean, my mother never ever said to us, you know, you can't go and visit your aunt or, mm. or that kind of thing. Um, or, you you know, you can't visit your dad's side of the family. Um, there was never any pressure per se. I think, I think on, from my dad's perspective, I mean, my, I think my mother did put pressure on him to go and visit her family. <laughs> so I think, yeah. you know, we kind of always had to tag along and mm. go. And, and up to now, I mean, if my brother comes from the Netherlands and he's like, let's go to Lens to visit. <laughs> it's like my eyes roll and I'm yeah, like, it's, it's a whole it's day much. out of my life. Yeah. And, you know, this part of my life is kind of like, I'm happy to like, hi, how are you? Salam, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. But it's not always easy for me because I, you know, I don't have those connections with those cousins because we're in a different mm. era, right? Yeah. But, um, like, for example, at school, no one believes me. <laughs> When I say I'm this or that, did you, were people very understanding at school if they asked you or was that was not hard. a worry? Yeah, I think it was really hard. I think it was much harder than your generation. I think you guys have it in terms of, I mean, I think you have other challenges, but I mm. think, I think people are generally more accepting yeah, now definitely. than what oh, they yeah. were. Like people wanted to know mm. what you are, right? Like, are you Indian? Yeah. What's Malay? What's colored? <laughs> like yeah. they wanted an answer. Like mm. teachers wanted to know. Mm. Um, Madrasa, like they wanted to know, like mm. why is your hair curly? Why, why are you so fair? Like, yeah. you know, that was hard. That yeah. was hard to navigate. They needed a solid answer. They needed a solid answer. I mean, up to now, when you get the form and you know oh, you're like, probably. I'm South African, right? And then they go in like at, at, at work because I think they need it for their stats, right? So mm. it's Indian, coloured, white, black, or African. Yeah. And then you're like, well, I have to tick Indian because my surname is Nanabai, right? Yeah. But I don't want to tick. So, so it's hard it's um but i definitely think i mean i definitely think nowadays um it's changed and people see you more for the person you are they see you for cool this is my friend Shaka, this is who she <laughs> yeah. is um you know that's her religion um and that's who you are i like the world slowly growing you know? yes um well i mean i think obviously you have you have grown up mixed race do you have any advice for 
mixed-race kids, teens, even myself, who are growing up in this day and age, and even though it's vastly easier than before, we there are people who feel challenged by society's need to categorize you or put you in Indian, Malay, white. Do you have any advice on how to navigate through that? I think, I think the important thing in life, and I think, you know, is to understand your worth. Mm-hmm. as a human being you know to understand what your worth is um as an individual you know and acceptance i think acceptance is so so key um you know acceptance of yourself because as soon as you don't accept and you're unhappy and you know you're like oh my my hair's too curly or you know i'm too fair or i'm too dark or i'm too this i, I think i think that leads to a lot of um, resentment and unhappiness within mm. ourselves, you know. Mm. Um, so I think that confidence and that ability to say, you know what, this is who I am. You like it or you don't like it, and if you don't like it, so be it. So be it you yeah. know. Um, you know, I think that would be my advice. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that's easy to do. Yeah. That. I'm not saying it's mm. easy, but I think, I think working on yourself and being okay with who you are. Um, is the key, key would be the key here that's great advice yeah. thank you do you have anything else you'd like to add to tell the listen no i just you know when you your mom sent me this podcast i was actually i didn't have a chance to listen and i i listened to it on the way to work one morning i just thought it was so nice because um i think it's a topic that uh, you know is not always navigated so I think it was great and I was so happy that your mom phoned and said you were keen for me to mm. do a little bit of an interview with you. So I hope it was helpful. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. No, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Seriously. Thank you so much no. for taking time out of your day um, to come and sit with me. I hope this was worthwhile to talk to me about all of yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's like I said, you know, I, I like you so much and I trained you and yes. look after your mom and. Um, so yeah and I, I kind of know what you're going through a little mm. bit not maybe not exactly mm. um, well I mean I find a lot of similarities a lot really saying <laughs> when you were telling the story uh, so yeah so you know it's, I'm just so happy that I could help and mm. I hope it would be beneficial for your listeners as well. it was thank you so much and thank you so much to everybody for sticking around until the end uh, please share it with your friends you can drop a rating on Spotify please give me five stars that'd be great um, yeah see you around thank you Hey guys, uh, before you click off the podcast, uh, I'd like to add a little small thing here at the end. Obviously, the interview is over. As I said, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I want to add that if you would like to send voice notes or messages about your stories around the topic of mixed race, whether you are mixed race or you know someone who's mixed race and you have an experience with them, even if it's just an experience, you can send a voice note or just WhatsApp me a message at 073-367-8925. So send me voice notes or messages, whatever you feel comfortable with. Okay, cheers.